tell you something, man. You have blessed me in so many ways. You have. He was with me till what? 10, 11 o'clock Thursday when we were installing the sound yeah. system. Yeah. So, brother. Yeah, pretty much midnight, and then a whole bunch of other nights beside that. Let's give it up for Brother Brandon Holt as he comes. And I'm still working on sound back here, teaching this guy how not to how to mute stuff. Oh, there it is. You pushed check, the button. Check. No, you didn't. Let's give it up for BZ one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Amen. Man, I'm really honored to be here, so. Uh, it's always, I feel like I'm home in Chicago, you know, I love Chicago, it's one of my favorite places, but uh, I just feel like I have a word for you this morning, is that okay? And uh, before I do that, I just want to sing a song that means so much to me, uh, literally during that time that Joe was just speaking of, um, I wrote a song, and uh, it just is the cry of my heart, and I released it last year as a single, so it is on iTunes, you can go get it if you want to digital media players, but it's so simplistic in what it says, and I believe it's what we're going to talk about today. The message is less of me, more of you, and I hope it blesses you today. Oh 
of your spirit, Lord. My heart's desire has left me and Come on, give them one more hand clap of praise. Bless God. It's good to be with you. Come on, second service, make some noise. So, you know, it, it's awesome because God did something so incredible in first service. I mean, it was just like, if you came in, Toward the end of it, it's like you got to see just a little glimpse. Like for almost 30 minutes, this place was just packed with people crying out to God. And uh, I stepped off stage, and uh, I told uh, Pastor Nancy in the back room, I said, man, the Holy Spirit told me to just let it go because <coughs> he was going to get to all the glory. It's easy, you know, for people to ascribe the glory to you, right? You know, oh, he, man, he worked it up. Oh, brother, you preached the word, brother. You worked it up, you know. I don't want that, all right. So I don't know what God's going to do and how we're going to respond, but I'm going to need your help this morning. Is that all right, or this afternoon? All right, some of y'all look a little tired. I want you to just kind of, you know, just loosen it up a little bit, you know. Uh, as Pastor Joe would say, oh, brother, I'm going to need you. <laughs> <laughs> We've been best friends. I told the first girl, I said, is it just me? Or like, seriously, does anybody go back to like 1980s Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage? My brother right there just connected in the Holy Ghost. 
I can just hear Pastor Joe right now going, Brother, let me tell you, when I get these 22-inch pythons around the devil's neck, we're going to go into Humboldt Park and Bredequa Fest, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to squeeze the life, brother, out of the devil for Chicago, brother. I, it's not even going, it's going to be the thriller at Manila in the Holy Ghost Villa, brother. You better get, 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 get ready. So that is like Pastor Joe to me. And he's so intense every time you talk to him, right? Like, it's just fun to watch him be a dad, too. Because it's like little Zoe will do things, and he'll be like, Zoe, I'm going to give you one more chance, sister, to get this right. Do you understand? Or you're going to get a nana, and you're going into timeout, brother. I'm like, dude, she's like two. You know? And I just, I love him. He's such a good friend, you know. And uh, I just, I so appreciate him, you know. But he's the most, he's, listen, and, and I said in first service, I'll tell you guys, you have an incredible shepherd here. Because in 12 years, this is the first time I've ever had the opportunity to hold the mic and preach. And it was because he would say things to me like, brother, you've not gone through schooling, brother, and you're not really ordained. And so I just need you to know to stand in my church. I don't just let anybody there. And I'm like, I'm your best friend. Brother, I know, but you haven't had 10 years of ministry. And, you're, and I'm like, and at first I was like, hey, dude, this stinks. Now I travel around the world. Like, what you talking about? But then it hit me. It's like, this man protects his people. And he don't let any just shyster, even his friends get up, if he doesn't know their heart. And that's an awesome thing. As to, to be a part of a church with a pastor who loves you like that. Amen? Isn't that great? Y'all love Pastor Joe? Give it up for Pastor Joe. The man, the myth, the legend. Putting the 22-inch pythons around the devil's neck, brother. I love him. <laughs> Listen, what's even better <clears throat> is when you're in his apartment and you hear this in that voice. Brother, I'm going to need you to come in the room and give me a back massage. You're 19 years old and you're not paying this guy any rent. So. <laughs> so I'm standing there massaging his back. Anyway, I'm joking. I love this man, dude. He is the man. Amen. And it's good to laugh in the house of the Lord. The Bible says it's like a medicine. Some of y'all need to get doped up on some laughter. Amen? Your face looked like you just like chewed a lemon or something. Like, come on. Loosen up. Get loose. Get loose. Anyway, all right. Don't bring the wrapper out in me. Oh, I'll give you some. Y'all, see, I, I know what they just said. Oh, Whitey can't rap. I heard it in your head. Y'all like, this Blanca ain't got nothing. I heard it in your head. I'm going to give you one line. You ready? All right, give me like this. Right? Right. Yo, if you look at me, you might think I'm white. But when I spit this rhyme, son, I'm black as night. They ain't ready for the rest. Because I surrendered my whole life to Jesus Christ. He's the only one who ever took away my strife and my pain. Anyway, I'm going to just quit right there. All right. I called on his name. Anyway, bless the Lord. I want you to turn with me to the book of John. 
We're going to go from John 4.23, if you don't have your Bible. Shame. No, I'm joking. No shame. No condo. No bondo. We're going to put it on the screen for you. Amen? But bring your Bible. Amen? It's the Word. Amen? We need it. John 4.23. And I'm going to do this a little quicker than I did first service because I know where we're headed. Is that all right? So, everybody say, the time is now. You'll understand that by the end. John 4, 23. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking. Say, he's looking for those who will worship him that way. Now, let me just give you a little background to this story. Number one, um, you prophesied to me, didn't you? Last time? All right, we'll talk later. You said 30 days, right? We'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later. Anyway, she just like, it tripped me. I just recognized her face. Bless the Lord. The time is now, right? So here's what Jesus is doing. He's talking to this chick at the well. Everybody heard the story, the woman at the well. I want you to understand what the difference is and why it, it, this is so important. Because through this story, I believe Jesus biblically defines what he calls worship and what God sees as worship. See, in your mind, you might think worship is a genre of music at Walmart. But that is not what worship is. You might think that the slow music we just did before I preached was worship. That's not necessarily what God views as worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a moment in a service on a schedule. It's how you are every day when you're behind closed doors and nobody can see you. It's how you live unto God. That's why it says, let our life, let our bodies be a what? Living sacrifice unto the Lord. God looks on the inward. He sees us. I was just telling Pastor Nancy a revelation I got. Because we have all these preachers in the world that are walking around looking good. But they're decrepit and dead inside. I was sitting with a pastor last week and he told me you would be so surprised at how many pastors of major prominent churches I know of right now that absolutely have other multiple families in countries that their wife in America doesn't know about. And I'm like, what? Sin abounds in our land. And that's why I told her, man, when I read Matthew 7, it makes me afraid. Jesus says, there will be those who stand before me on the day of judgment who I say to this. They'll look at me and say, did we not cast out devil? Did we not lay hands on the sick and heal them? Did we not do all these miraculous things in your name? And you know what Jesus says to them? Depart from me, worker of what? Iniquity. I never knew you. So I read this scripture. This was a few years back. And I go, hold up now. If it's iniquity that keeps me from knowing God, I need to know what iniquity is. Right? So I do what I always do. I'll be telling you some other revelation of that I asked the Lord. I said, what's iniquity, Holy Spirit? And I hear him clear as day. Isaiah 53. Can we put that up, Pastor Joe? Around, I think, 7 through 10, 7 through 8, something like that. I want you to hear it. It's one of the most common scriptures everybody knows. 
But it says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened his mouth. Or not opened his mouth. He was led to the land. Let's go next verse. He would declare his generation. It's n- okay, it's nine. Is it six? Am I b- yes, yeah, it's, it's five through six then. I'm sorry. Yes, here we go. Now I want you to see this. I want you to catch it. All right? It says he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our, this lets you know what iniquity is. You ready? If I take a gun, my brother, and I shoot you in your shoulder, do you bleed inwardly or bleed outwardly? Outwardly. That is called a wound. Right? So if I wound you, how do you bleed? So Jesus was wounded and bled outwardly to cover every sin that you would ever commit into the earth. A transgression is a sin sown outwardly into the earth. But then it says that he was bruised for my iniquity. What does that mean? That Jesus literally bled on the inside so that his blood would cover every sin that nobody would ever see. Jesus. So when he looks at these men and he says, you are a worker of iniquity. Can I tell you something, MPI? One o'clock service. It don't matter how good you get the outside looking. You can be just like the Pharisees where he said, you are whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. And we need the blood to cover every aspect of life. Amen? So he's talking to a woman who ain't just full of iniquity. This chick is ratchet. She ratchet. Anyway, all my older seasoned saints, ask a younger person what that means. They'll tell you later. I see some of them going, is he talking about like a ratchet? No, uh, it's another kind of ratchet. But he's talking to a woman, and he tells her all about herself. And he says, you've had five husbands. And the dude you're living with right now ain't even married to you. I'm catching you in an affair already. But then he says something that's so powerful. He says, you're thirsty. How many's ever met some thirsty women? How many's ever met some thirsty people? Listen, I told a story, and it's the honest-to-God truth. I had a woman come up to me at a conference in Orlando that I was doing. It was at the Hilton. So, like, the conference was at the hotel, right? And I'm up in the front, and anybody who knows me knows that I've always been attracted to the Puerto Rican flavor. You know? So this chick starts walking up, and in my head, I'm already hearing, Boricua, Marina, Dominicano, Colombiano, right? And I'm going, oh, 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 you know. She comes up to me and extends her hand and reaches to hug me, and I feel something in my hand. And I'm automatically thinking, wow, this chick's giving me some money. Like, we call it a Pentecostal handshake. Where they sow money into you, right? As a minister. 
Happens all the time. I get people giving checks or cash or whatever God leads them to give. <coughs> but as I'm, this is all happening in a split second. As I'm feeling this, I'm going, this feels like a credit card. I'm like, what is she doing? And then she says this in my ear. You ministered to me so well this morning. I would love to minister to you tonight. I'm in room 1124. In the church. Now, my natural man goes, what? Oh, I'm in a conundrum right now. <laughs> then my Holy Ghost kicks in and says, be gone, Jezebel. And she just turns around and walks away. I didn't say that in my spirit. My spirit's rising up saying that. I didn't get to respond because it happened so quick. So I take this thing. I hand it to the guy who's traveling with me. I'm like, you need to throw this away. He's like, dude, is that a room key? I was like, yeah, throw it away. I'll kill you. Anyway, <laughs> I've met some thirsty women in my life. And Jesus encounters this thirsty woman at the well. And he says, all this stuff you've been trying to quench that thirst with ain't going to do it. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And then he says to this ratchet woman, who's a Samaritan, who he should have racially hated, okay? He says, there's coming a time, and now is the time. He not only spoke to her future, he spoke to her present. <laughs> and I'm here this morning to not only speak to the future of MPI, I'm here to speak to the present of MPI. There is a time that's coming, and now is the time where worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth, not in fake, not in flesh and fakeness, but in spirit and in truth. Because to drew, truly worship Jesus, you got to cast aside all the mess and be like, hey, I got some issues, but I know you're the issue fixer. I got some problems, but I know the problem solver. I got some bondage, but I know the chain breaker. Is anybody in here understanding that God's looking for people who want to worship in spirit and in truth? The time is now. Say, the time is now. My God. I spilled water up here. I didn't even know it. I set it down hard. I think it's when I hit the table. It's a heavy hand. It's a heavy hand. This whole encounter is dealing with what worship is as a lifestyle. I want to give you very quickly three things that worship will do for you. Are you ready? Now, I want to help you. The Bible says that we're held accountable to the knowledge we have. So right now, you're about to have some truth bombs dropped on you, some revelation. And maturity says that once revelation comes, now there has to be a shift in your action. All right, how will you respond to revelation? That's going to be the question for you. If you respond correctly, you're going to see some things. If you respond incorrectly, you'll be held accountable to this. Amen? So I don't take this lightly. I'm not just preaching for you to shout at me. But if it really gets down deep in you, you're going to want to lift up a shout because you're going to understand the power in your shout by the end of this time, okay? So open your ears. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, open your ears. And then say, neighbor, open your ear. The Bible says, he that had an ear, 
let him hear. He didn't say he that has ears. He said he that has an ear, which means your spirit is listening and open and attuned to what's being said. He that hath an ear, let him hear. You ready? Number one, worship will take you into your promise. And I'm going to move through these quick, so I need you to pick up what I'm putting down. Exodus 7, 16 says this, and I guarantee you in your story and in the movies and everything you've heard about the children of Israel coming out of the bondage of, Israel, of Egypt, you ain't never seen this in the scripture because I've overlooked it many times myself. But listen to what God tells Moses. He says, then announce to him, Pharaoh, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so that they can worship me in the wilderness. Now this says, yeah, there it is. So that they can worship me in the wilderness. And until now, you've not listened. God kept saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. But why did he want them free? Not to take them to the promise, but to take them to the wilderness because it's in the wilderness out of bondage is where you learn to worship. Worship has to come before promise comes. You don't go from bondage to promise. You go from bondage to lifestyle to promise. Worship ain't just you singing, baby. Worship is the way you live. And so does everybody understand what I'm saying when I say the term worship? The only road to promise is through worship. And some of you have been stuck in your wilderness because you've come out of bondage, but you don't understand why you can't enter into promise. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it's because you've still got some lessons to learn in the wilderness. It's super easy. Don't be confused. God is saying... There's still some things you've got to get right before I can trust you with promise. Worship is what will take us into promise. The next thing that worship will do, it gets the attention of Jesus. It gets the attention of Jesus. In Mark chapter 6, I guarantee you again, me and Pastor Nancy were talking. She's like, I've read that, and I've never seen what you just said. I want you to catch it because it's important. God doesn't allow things in the Bible for no reason. Amen? Listen to what it says. Then he saw them straining and rowing. Now, understand the disciples are in a boat, and they're hitting a storm, and Jesus is not with them. He sent them on before him. And they get caught in the middle of the night in a bad storm, and they're struggling in the storm. So this is where we pick up, verse 48. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Oh, Jesus. How many's ever just felt the winds against you? And about the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, or to them, walking on the sea, and catch it right here, and he would have passed them by he did not intend to walk to them he intended to walk past them but it says that they the last two words did what cried out I want you to understand something tonight Metro Praise International 
that there is a sound of worship on the inside of you that captures the attention of Jesus. That in, your, in the middle of the storm and problems you're facing, you can lift your voice and catch the attention of Jesus because there's power in your worship. There's power in your sound. There's power in your voice. The question is, are you using it properly? I believe that there's a generation rising up and the sound of worship is going to capture the heart of the Father. And he is going to turn his blessing and all of his power toward that generation and enter in the, the coming of his son. Amen? Which brings me to my third point. Worship brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. The sound of worship brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. Matthew 6, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And there's a reason he ordered it this way. Are you ready? We all know it, right? Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Stop. What did we just do? Catch it, please. What did we just do? We ascribed worth to who he is. That is what worship is, to ascribe worth in your life and in your living because he is so important to you. That means he said, if you're truly my disciples, you will do what I command, right? So doing obedience for the Lord is worship to the Lord and it's ascribing worth to his name. So he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He worships him. Then he makes his request. What does he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in where? As it is where? He teaches us that before kingdom can come to earth, worship has to precede it. Worship brings kingdom to earth. There's a sound that's inside of you as worship that can literally bring the kingdom of God to earth. And manifest. Is anybody ready to tap into it? Amen? I'm doing this quick, all right? So look at what it says. If we're going to bring kingdom to earth, we need to know what kingdom is. Are you ready? In the throne room of God, where he dwells, where he lives, he has all these things. Lights, flashing, rainbows, colors, thunderous noises. I told the first service, if you're of the proclivity that lights and loud sound isn't what pleases God, then you need to read the Bible and open your eyes to truth. All of this creates atmosphere. God's about atmosphere, right? And so he creates this atmosphere. And there's all these weird creatures that look like C.S. Lewis designed them in Narnia. And they're flying around, right? These cherubim and seraphim. And you can go read all of this in Revelation but then it says that the angels begin to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And as they sing, the 24 elders who were gowned in these beautiful royal garments begin on the sea of glass begin to take their crowns and cast them at the feet of the one whose eyes burn like fire. And I had to know from the Lord. I, and the, again, I told you how I talked to God. I said, I need to know something, Jesus. What's up with this? 
did these people do this because they're robotically programmed to do it or do they have a choice? Because that means something to me, right? Motive of the heart is what means everything. You can do something just to do it, but if your heart ain't in it, you ain't giving no glory to anybody, right? And so if you're just coming through to do go through the motions here and we sing, pull me a little closer, take me a little deeper, I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. Your love is so much sweeter than anything I'll taste you. want to know your heart. Oh, yeah, sing it. want to know your heart. Now pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. Is God getting any glory out of your worship? Because you're just going through motions, right? So I asked him, why do they do what they do? And you know what the Holy Spirit said? Because when they look and encounter upon my glory, when they see me again, every time they look upon me, they have a new revelation and a greater understanding of my character and who I am. And the only thing they can do is fall on their face and cast their crowns at my feet and worship. And I'm here to tell you that if your worship is going to bring heaven to earth, then every time we come in these doors, every time you step foot in this place, every time you sing at your house, your desire should not be I'm going through the motions. Your desire should be show me who you are greater than I knew yesterday. Show me who you are even more than I knew last Sunday. And it should spawn you to worship deeper and harder and press in more because when you know who he is greater you can only do one thing and that's respond so I told you there's a sound there's a sound so I've begun this journey and I was sharing with Pastor Joe I'm probably going to write a book about this I just feel the Holy Spirit's teaching me these things but I've always been amazed by science and I know that's weird because I'm a minister because most people who are deep into science and physics and, and all of this stuff are atheist or agnostic, right? And so they're so genius, but yet they don't even understand what they prove actually proves what they try to disprove. <laughs> right? So I'm just going to take one small part of this, sound. Number one, it is scientifically proven that sound waves never die. What comes out never dies. It just becomes inaudible. The waves continue forever. They never stop. That's why you can go into cathedrals that are thousands of years old and you can feel something tangible in the air because energy has been released. Sound is energy. Everybody say sound is energy. It is scientifically proven that sound is energy. Sound waves are energy. Everything in the universe, according to string theory, is molecularly energy. Why do you think there is truth to what Eastern mysticism teaches us about the body and the chakra and all this stuff? They're just not looking at it through the lens of Jesus. They don't understand that it's talking about the creator, not about your personal self. We are created in the image of God, and I believe God is a force. He is an energy. He is this being spiritually. And I'm telling you, like he created us as energy. Everything about us is energy. Sound is energy. It literally, your sound can manipulate and change atmosphere. 
There's a video that you can go look up. Uh, call it, I don't know, type in YouTube, the salt and the sound experiment or something like that. But it's literally this black sound plate that they pour all this salt on. Okay? And they, through this plate, shoot hertz and sound waves through it. And every different sound wave as it increases puts the salt in different geometric shapes. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Each hurt has its own shape. It's amazing to know that sound can change matter. God created it that way in the natural. It's not just a spiritual principle. We've been taught our whole life that our words have power, right? That our words can shift things. But it's not just spiritual. It's natural. So I want you to see something real quick. Here's another experiment that I found, and I'm going to tie it all in because we're about to figure out why the time is now. You ready? Watch this video. So here's what, here's what I think happened. Pastor Joe looked that other video up and didn't realize it's playing because that's what it does, right? All these tones, yeah. So he's playing two videos at the same time. But you saw that one, right? That's all right. So, so without these dudes really realizing it, they have done something in the natural that's got massive spiritual implications, right? And I love science. This is why I'm a student of, the, uh, of studying these things and understanding these things. They literally created something that sound waves uh, manipulate atmosphere and cease flame to to be there, right? It pushes all the oxygen out. It shifts the atmosphere and changes it where fire cannot exist. Oh. oh, I wish somebody would just catch it in their Holy Ghost real quick before I have to get crazy on it. You hear what I'm saying? So I want to just kind of give you an understanding of everything while the time is now. Number one, worship does what? Remember what we said? Right, but the first thing 
Yes. So it's obedience through a lifestyle of worship that brings the promise, right? So we have to obey and live a lifestyle of worship. The second thing, it does what? We have a voice that, or a sound that gets the attention of Jesus. So first we got to obey, then we got to release a sound, and then what happens? Number three, the kingdom comes. Ready? Are you ready? I want you to stand to your feet because we're going to practice it right now. Here's what I want to submit to you this morning, and we're just going to spend a few minutes however the Holy Ghost wants to go. But the reality of your life right now is worship will bring forth a sound in the earth and in your life Literally, you have a literal sound that can extinguish the flames of hell that are around your life and around your family and around your situation. And I wish you'd get it in your spirit right now and understand that God is releasing a sound in the earth that is about to shake the very foundations of hell. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So here's what I want you to do if you believe it and you're ready to release a sound, I want you to throw your hands up right now and I want you, through obedience, to begin to pour out a sound right now. Let it fill this room. I know we ain't got as many folk as we did first service, but I believe somebody's got a voice right now. And they want to release a sound. Release a sound in this place. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice right now. You're literally shifting atmosphere. You're literally changing matter around you. Release a sound of worship. Release the sound of worship. Release the sound of freedom. Come on. Come on. Chains are breaking. you got to open your mouth. Quit patty caking with it. Quit playing with it. Open your mouth and release the sound. Stop, stop, stop. Obedience. You're doing it because the man of God's standing before you telling you to do it. There's power in obedience. You don't believe me. Let me help you. Because some of you patty caking with this. You play, you ain't even open your mouth. Why even stand up if you're just gonna do this? Come on. Well, Pastor Brandon, I, I'm not that way. I'm not exuberant like you. I'm, I'm introverted. Can I tell you something? That's a lie of the devil. Send it right back to hell where it came from. Because my Jesus said before he ascended to her heaven, that uh, Acts 1 and 8, that the power and boldness of the Holy Ghost would come upon you when you were baptized. Who's got the Holy Ghost today? So let me tell you what the Holy Ghost does. He partners with obedience to release a sound that connects you to the supernatural and brings the supernatural down to the natural. So here's my thing. Are you going to just stand here and go through the motions or are you going to kick the box that you've been standing in for years out and raise the roof and bust the ceiling and do something you ain't never done before? Because the definition of insanity according uh, uh, to Newton and, and all these physicists is this to do the same thing over and over and over again. Einstein said, how can you do the same thing over and expect a different result? If you want freedom, it's time to do something maybe you ain't never done before. So how many's ready to release a sound, 1 p.m. service? Right now on the count of three, we're gonna release a sound over the city of Chicago 
that's going to shake the foundation of hell. Are you ready? One, two, three. Open your mouth. Come on. It's the sound of worship. Come on. It's the sound of revival. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Somebody shout. Somebody shout. He's tearing the walls down. He's tearing the walls down. He's breaking the walls down. He's breaking the walls down. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Come on, shout louder. Shout louder. Revival is coming. Revival is coming. Come on, I want you to shout freedom. Say freedom. Freedom. Listen, listen, I'm going to give you the same revelation he gave me about Jericho because I still think some of you ain't got it. You're just playing around. You're being cute. I wish somebody would just snot and spit. David danced out of his clothes. Why? Because when the glory comes, oh, it's got to be carried upon the shoulders of the Levites before every battle in war. Who did they send out first? They sent out the worshipers. Why? Because it's the sound of worship that ushers in the glory. David comes back to Jerusalem with the ark, and he gets so crazy he dances out of his clothes to the place that he embarrassed his wife. She became barren because she was so embarrassed. But I'm telling you, some of you have been barren, and God's about to release his glory, and you're going to start producing fruit. But again, obedience. You don't believe me. All right, I'm going to give you one more help, and then I'm going to give you one more chance. You ready? I cannot prove this physically and, and, and logistically, but knowing what I've learned, the little bit of sound, shifting atmosphere and tearing down matter, I want to propose to you that the walls of Jericho falling were not only a spiritual miracle, but it came through physical obedience. If you understand how many people were with the Hebrews, millions of people, right? And for six days they walked around the walls without making a noise. Why did God say don't make a sound? I believe it's important. Because on the seventh day, he says, walk around it six times, right? How many's got some walls that need to come down? If you catch this, you're going to walk out of here free, and everything you do from here on out is going to be changed. There are some walls in this city that need to be broken. 
There's some bondage that you've been going through, some walls that you need to see fall today. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost told me three weeks ago before I even came here that this would be the moment and now was the time. I had this sermon in my spirit from the day after I left here when he told me I was going to preach. Somebody in this room needs to be set free today. It's going to come through releasing a sound and obeying. Are you ready? On the seventh time, as they circled the city, millions of people lifted up a Shabbat unto God, which is a loud, exuberant shout of praise. And all the instruments begin to play. And guess what happened? The walls and foundations of the city begin to shake and crumble not only because hand of God was on it but I believe there was a sonic release that took place that day that began to shake and break down every barrier that stood in their way so I just want to know MPI do I got any victorious people ready to release a sound of victory and freedom if that's you one two three open your mouth Come on, shout till the walls come down. Shout till the walls fall. Shout till the walls fall. Yay! Yay! Somebody shout. Shout unto God with the force of triumph. Healing and freedom is in this room. Shout! 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 Yay!
is flowing right now. I want you to get out of your seat and come right here to this altar. And I don't want you just to be silent. If you need healing, begin to lift up a shout of victory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Lift up a shout for your brother. Yeah! Yeah! Somebody shout! Healing! Healing! In the name of Jesus! Healing mercy flow from the top of her head to the soles of her feet! Yeah! 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 Fire! Somebody begin to sound off in the Holy Ghost! Lift your voice!
Just a little bit softly, let's sing that part. Baptize us. Come on, let's lift up our voices. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. One more time, and then fresh fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Fresh fire. Fresh fire burn. We love you, Jesus. Fresh fire. One more time. Fresh fire burn. Fresh fire burn. Fresh fire. Amen. 
How many believe you've received fresh fire today? Amen. It's really, it's really something you've got to decide to receive because no one can force you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Brandon is so amazing and his gifts are so awesome. But Pastor Brandon will not be with you as you go to work tomorrow, as you go to school, as you go back home, in your marriages. And so you have to decide right now that I'm going to be on fire for Jesus, that I'm going to burn and blaze for the Lord, and I'm not going to let anything take out my fire or put it out, that I'm going to burn for Jesus. Amen. So could we just stand to our feet, grab somebody's hand like a family, and we're going to pray out of this place today, believing God for the fire to come upon us and for our lives to never, never, ever to be the same again. Christian, I'm going to ask that you would come and close us out in prayer. Man, I saw you going after God. I know you want to live radical for Jesus, don't you? Yes. Would you pray for us today that we would have the fire of God fill us, go through us, and send us out to change the world for Jesus. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that the fire, fire of the Holy Spirit come upon us, Lord. I pray and declare this today, Lord, that your fire be with us in every day, Lord, that when we walk by, all people will see your flames, Lord, that will be astonished, Lord, that will glorify your name, Lord, that will feel fear because of this things, Lord, that will come to you, Lord. Let it will feel this fire, Lord. Let it go through us, Lord. Let the people see you, Lord. Let them see your fire, Lord. Let the fire burn in our hearts evermore, Lord. And brighter and brighter, which is passing day, Lord. I pray that we will not forget this day, Lord. And we not forget you, your fire, Lord. I declare your fire in each and every single one of us, Lord. I declare it all today, Lord. In your name. Jesus, I declare in your name, for it is all through your name, Lord. Your name, Jesus. Your name that has all the power. Your name that brings about the fire. This fire cannot be quenched by any water, Lord. Nothing can stop the fire of yours, Lord. I declare today, Lord, in your name. Let it be so. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Slap your neighbor high five and stay. Keep burning. Slap them high five and stay. Keep burning. As you are dismissed, we're going to keep singing it. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. If you want prayer, come up. We'll pray for you. Otherwise, go in the fire of God today. We love you so much.